Welcome to New Life's weekly podcast. New Life is a United Methodist congregation established in 2011 in McChesney Park, Illinois. Worship is weekly at 5.30 p.m. with events ongoing. Check us out online at www.findnewlifeumc.org and sign up for our weekly e-newsletter. I'm your host, Mark Myers, pastor of New Life, as well as our sister congregation, Sherland United Methodist Church, and a cooperative on-site mission, The Paper Angel Closet. This week's sermon, preached on February 4th and 5th, 2017, series title called, sermon title, God's Call is for All. Scriptures, Mark chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 2, and First Peter or 2 Peter chapter 1. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for all those listening to your word and good news through our podcast this week. Please bless them, encourage them, and help them experience your presence and call on their lives. Send your spirit upon them and help them hear your voice as they go about their week. Amen. When Jennifer and I bought our Chrysler Town & Country, it came with a year-long subscription to Sirius XM Radio. A year later, I did not renew that subscription. Truthfully, we really hadn't used the XM radio at all. A couple days passed, and I received a call from Sirius XM. They asked if I would be willing to renew my subscription. I politely declined. Next week, I received another call. They offered me a special price, $99.99, for an entire year of service. Again, I declined. The following week, yet another call. The offer was now six months for $30. I continued to decline. The following week, another call. I was beginning to feel like I was going through a really bad breakup, and the other person just didn't get it. For just $1, they said, they would activate my service for 30 days. It's nice to be so sought after. But again, I declined, and finally SiriusXM gave up on Jennifer and I's customers. Over the next four weeks, we are going to be discussing another type of call, call to ministry. We believe God is calling everyone into a covenantal relationship to be sons and daughters, heirs with Christ to God's kingdom. Within that kingdom, we are called to be disciples of Christ and members of his body, the church. Within that body, we are called to ministry. Some are called to the ministry of the ordained. For the United Methodist Church, that means the ministry of the elder and the deacon. But there are other specialized calls, local licensed pastors, lay servants, and missionaries, to name a few. We'll talk about those ministries and our process to affirm those callings, as well as share some call stories from Scripture and my own experience. I hope everyone leaves ready to hear God's call for their lives, ready to partner with God and God's kingdom-building work. Throughout Scripture, we see God calling humanity into a covenant relationship and into kingdom-building ministry. God calls Abram, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph and their family to be a holy people, God's chosen people set apart for building God's kingdom on earth. We see God called judges and prophets, heroes like Ruth and Esther, and a young woman named Mary. Jesus would call men and women to follow him into a new covenant with God and into new kingdom building work, building his body, the church. We see this calling early in the gospel. Mark chapter 1, verse 16 through 20. As Jesus passed alongside the Galilee Sea, he saw two brothers, Simon and Andrew, throwing fishing nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, he said, and I'll show you how to fish for people. Right away, they left their nets and followed him. After going a little farther, he saw James and John, Zebedee's sons, in their boats repairing the fishing nets. At that moment, he called them. They followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired workers. 
Peter, Andrew, James, and John were fishermen. They did not come from educated backgrounds, and they were not educated to become disciples of a great rabbi. They did not have the disciple-making or kingdom-building qualifications. Yet Jesus stood beside the seaside and called these fishermen. Simon Peter would become especially important in the life of Christ's body, the church. He would partner with Christ and the Holy Spirit in building the church in Jerusalem. In his letters, Peter would remind us how God calls us all. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4-10 through 10. Now you are all coming to him as living stone. Even though this stone was rejected by humans, from God's perspective it is chosen valuable. You yourselves are being built up like living stones into spiritual temples. You are being made into a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Thus it is written in scripture, Look, I am laying a cornerstone in Zion, chosen valuable. The person who believes in him will never be shamed. So God honors you who believe. For those who refuse to believe, though, the stone is the builders tossed aside and has become the capstone. This is the stone that makes people stumble and a rock that makes them fall. Because they refuse to believe in the word, they stumble indeed. This is the end to which they were appointed. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people who are God's own possession. You have become this people so that you may speak of the wonderful acts of the one who called you out of darkness into his amazing light. Once you were a people, but now you are God's people. Once you hadn't received mercy, now you have received mercy. Peter came from a tradition where you were chosen because of your DNA. Among the children of the Israelites, only one tribe, the Levites, were supposed to be priests in the temple. Israel itself was a holy nation set apart from all others. Peter reminds the early church that it is in Christ we have a new identity. We are now God's children. We are part of God's nationality and we are all members of that priesthood. No longer would certain people have a monopoly on the relationship with God. All people are invited into this identity. All people are called to be part of God's family. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be eager to confirm your call and election. Do this and you will never be lost. Peter continues in his second letter reminding us to confirm our call and election. Now some traditions hold that only certain people are elected, that there is no free will. And before any of us were born, God determined who was and who wasn't. That's one way to interpret scripture. John and Charles Wesley, as well as many other church mothers and fathers, have interpreted in a more inclusive way. God has elected all of humanity. We have to accept the nomination. We have to accept the position as son or daughter. We have to accept the position as heir to the kingdom, as ambassador to that kingdom. That is the call. Once we have accepted our election by God, then we must accept our call. Once we join into covenant with God, then we must partner to build the kingdom. The United Methodist Church's mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation. In short, by bringing people to Christ and Christ transforming their lives, slowly but surely our world will become more like the kingdom of heaven. We believe all people are part of this ministry. In other words, all people are ministers of the church. That being said, we have specialized and focused callings within our system. This includes the orders of elder and deacon, local licensed pastors, lay servants, and missionaries. Our two main orders are the order of elders and the order of deacons. Next week, I'll speak to the call of the ordained deacon, but today I want to introduce you to my order, that of ordained elder. 
Paragraph 332 of our United Methodist Book of Discipline describes the ministry of the elder. Elders are ordained ministers who, by God's grace, have completed their formal preparation and have been commissioned and served as a provisional member. They have found by the church to be of sound learning, of Christian character, possessing the necessary gifts and evidence of God's grace, and who's called by God to ordination to a lifetime ministry of word, sacrament, order, and service. By the authority given in their ordination, they are authorized to preach and teach the word of God, to provide pastoral care and counsel, to administer the sacraments of baptism and holy communion, and order the life of the church for service and ministry. The servant leadership of the elder, both in parish and extension ministries, is expressed by leading the people of God in worship and prayer, by leading persons to faith in Jesus Christ, by exercising pastoral supervision, and by ordering the church in mission in the world. Well, that pretty much sums up my vocation, but what does any of that mean? And why are elders set apart for this work? Jesus called Peter, Andrew, James, and John, and a few other dudes to follow him. More particularly, he called them to be disciples. In Jesus' day, that meant they would become his students, and they would continue his work and spread his teachings after his death. Which is exactly what they did. The early church believed that that work, sharing the good news of the word of God, Jesus Christ, was so important that it needed to be their lifelong work. Problem is, these disciples, now called apostles, wouldn't live forever. They needed to appoint others to this work. Thus, the apostolic succession began. For centuries, people have been called to engage in the work of the apostles. They have been taught and commissioned, by, uh, taught and commissioned others for this work. In the United Methodist Church, we trace our roots back to the Anglican Church, which traces its roots to the Roman Church, which traces its roots to St. Peter himself. Therefore, our bishops continue to preside over the ordination of elders in the church. But it's a little more complicated than just having the bishop say, you're in. Someone who senses the call to ministry of the elder enters into a lengthy vetting process where many different groups of people help determine if you are truly called or ordained by God for this ministry. It starts right here in the local church. We recognize those people with gifts for this ministry and those who sense a call. They serve, work with their pastor and the church, and eventually move to the District Board of Ordained Ministry for certification. After they are certified, they need to attend seminary and receive a Master's of Divinity degree, which requires a bachelor's degree. That usually takes three to four years. After that, they may continue to the Conference Board of Ordained Ministry, which I vice chair currently, for commissioning. Commission candidates can serve churches and enter a probation period of two or more years. Once they feel ready, they may come back to the Board of Ordained Ministry to be considered for full membership or ordination. If, they, if the board recommends them, they are voted on by the future order, the Order of Elders, and ordained by the bishop. Easy peasy. The process only took me about 10 years. Now, it may seem intense, but we aren't messing around. We want our clergy to be truly called and truly gifted for the tasks ahead. Each of us, even elders, may have different gifts and strengths, but I have no doubt that each one of my colleagues has been truly called and has the potential to live up to the name Apostle. Now, my father is an elder. My father's call story is a bit different from my own. My father did not grow up in a household that went to church or valued faith. When he was a boy, he actually got caught shoplifting. Instead of telling his parents, the police officer told him to visit the Salvation Army Corps that Sunday. From there, my father would become an active part of the Salvation Army and come to have faith in Jesus Christ. He would be an active part in the Drum and Bugle Corps as well as the camping program where he would meet my mother. My father didn't immediately recognize his call. He joined the Navy as a young man, came home to become an electrical engineer. 
My mother was always a person of faith who grew up in a loving Baptist home but joined the Salvation Army when my father, with my father after their marriage. It would not be long until my father experienced a call to ordained ministry. He assumed that call would be fulfilled in the Salvation Army, but door after door closed until he found an open window in the United Methodist Church. Over his 35 years of service, he would serve four churches. The call didn't end at ordination. Unique to elders is the itineracy. That means if I am asked to serve a church, I will go without reservations, trusting in God. Yes, the bishop and the cabinet members oversee that process of appointing clergy to churches, but I truly believe God works through this system. I have felt that in all of my calls. Yes, you are able to say no or yes, and there are circumstances that necessitate saying no. My father said no in my last years of high school. He wanted to serve Ottawa until I had graduated. I have been blessed by God, and when I have been obedient to the itineracy, I feel truly blessed. I trust that God will use me where I am called, and I trust that God will send someone in my stead who will be capable of greater leadership. How does this impact you, the congregation? Well, someone in our congregation might be called to the ministry of the elder. Are you passionate about word, sacrament, order, and service? Are you willing to devote your life to service in the church? Do you know someone who sensed or who you sensed is called? We need to recognize the call of others and, more importantly, support them in ministry. Local churches need to walk with their candidates for ministry, support them with their prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. We also need to support our elders who are serving their church, their families, and our elders who are retired or unable to serve. Most of us, as United Methodists, need, most of all, as United Methodists, we need to be the church. If we are truly Christ's body, the ministry of the elder becomes one of support and encouragement. The members of the church partner with God in its ministry, and the elder, when appointed, comes along to lift up and lead you towards the vision God has for your congregation. Remember that even if you are not called to be an ordained elder, that you are still called by God for ministry in the church. You have a gift. You have a special place. It may not be for specialized ministry, but it is for ministry. There is something only you can bring to Christ's body. There is something you have been ordained to bring to God's kingdom. Listen. Talk about it with one another, with me, with mentors and leaders in your life. Pray. Search scripture. Most of all, when you finally hear that call, say yes. This has been a recording of New Life Ministry. You can learn more about us at www.findnewlifeumc.org and connect with us through our newsletter, Facebook, or Twitter. If you liked what you heard, you can like our podcast on iTunes or Google Play and share it with your friends. Also consider supporting our Paper Angel Closet, which provides toiletries and personal care items to homeless and at-risk youth, foster families and children, the families of those diagnosed with cancer, refugee families, and families in need in our community. You can donate online or drop items off at New Life UMC, 8301 Mitchell Road, Majestic Park, Illinois, 61115 at worship every Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. Until next week, live knowing that you are beloved children of God in heaven. Challenge yourself to share that love with all those you meet wherever you go. And realize that with the power of the Holy Spirit in Christ's body of the church, you can make a difference in your community and the world. Amen. <laughs>